Prepare to unlock your potential and conquer the business realm with Boss Uncaged. Join S.A. Grant, a seasoned entrepreneur, digital marketing expert, and branding specialist as he delves into exclusive interviews, strategies, and success stories from founders, business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives. Guiding you from overcoming challenges to dominating diverse media platforms, Boss Uncaged is your ultimate source for business and entrepreneurial insights. Subscribe, like, and share now to elevate your business game where the spirit of the uncaged boss runs free. Meet the visionary behind the Boss Uncaged Educational Network and Omnimedia, the one and only boss beast, S.A. Grant. Is it actually live and playing audio today? That's the question. Is that how we're starting? <laughs> well, I mean, no, no, like literally you have to, you have to start off with that. Like, are okay, we know you're live. What can you hear me now is the question. Are we sure we're live? Yeah, we are live. We are live. No, we're not live. We should be live. It's saying that we're live. We probably need to hit refresh a couple of times. Give it a second for it to, to warm up. Because, you know, like nowadays, computers are like, like cars in the wintertime. You got to let them warm up to make sure that the audio is actually playing this time around. Even though you did like audio tests and you did everything else beforehand, we just want to make sure that it looks like we're live. That's uh, yesterday. Oh, see, there you go. <laughs> That's why we switched clothes today, right? <laughs> so by the time we confirm that it's, it's, it's playing live, let's see audio. Oh, see, there you go. That's why we switched clothes. Oh, ish. There's audio. So we can start this bad boy now. Welcome, welcome back to take two of Boston Cage New Year, closing out season six, 400,000 downloads. Blah, 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 blah. What do I mean? They seen it yesterday, right? I mean, they didn't hear it. No, 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 no. It was, it was in virtual sign language yesterday. Okay. So let's, let's start all over again. And today we're probably going to be a little bit more clumsy because yesterday we were in the zone. We were all ready to go, but the show is now yours. What are we doing? So like you said, we are recapping season six, talking about what's going on for season seven. And then really just starting out with, What's going on in our lives? So I guess we'll kind of start there. We have been a lot of places in, I would say, in the last six months. Last six months. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So if you missed yesterday's episode in silence, she did the general recap. So I guess now I'm doing the general recap of the places we've been last year. And and again, we're talking about the places we've been in our personal life, because again, it's going to bleed into what we're going to be talking about near the end of the show, as far as international and global. So last year, we had an opportunity to go to Germany, Puerto Mm -hmm. Rico, Netherlands, I went to Belgium. You, you went made to that, Belgium. Made I, that loud and clear. <laughs> I went to Belgium, Japan, which is definitely, you know, right now we should be sitting in our heated bathroom, toilet seat, and you should probably be sitting on my knee because no, that that's, that's the best place to be is a heated toilet seat from Japan. But we'll talk about that later. We also celebrated Chinese New Year in Chinatown New York, yeah. New York last year, which it was, was crazy. crazy. By accident. Yeah. yeah. By accident. So now we know, like, Every time we go back to New York, it's probably going to be Chinese New Year. Like, literally, like, I can see that happening. I got to look at when it is now because we just ran upon it accidentally. Yeah, it, it's like now. It's like this week or next is. week. So we need to get that figured out. We also did a lot of, like, layovers in airports because, like, that's that's the secret plan to kind of get, like, my, uh, my beautiful wife here was like, hey, you should, we should stop off in, in Paris so you can pick up that bourbon whiskey that you were trying to get the last time we had a layover. So, like, that's our new thing. We do these random layovers, layovers to make sure that we get whatever we want to in a duty-free we had a kid that went to college, so we've been back and forth to Tennessee. What else did we do? International tattoos. That's the other thing, too. She got them, too. Don't let her fool you. Okay, I got two. How many do you have? 
<laughs> exactly. I, I <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's a whole lot more than me. I'm on that Yakuza tip. Like I have one tattoo. That's just, you got to connect them all together. And it's just one big old tattoo. That's it. That's where I look at it. Okay. Aside from tattoos, we went to a, our first international football match with, I'm sorry, AX. <laughs> yeah, 100% her. From Amsterdam, played Rotterdam Sparta. So that was really cool to go to the first football match overseas. I realized that my level of excitement for my Georgia Atlanta United is not the same level of excitement for an international football team. So I got to get my game up because that their cheer section would crush, sorry, <laughs> the Atlanta United section. Yeah. Considering that they're Dutch, because, you know, Dutch people, they're just kind of like they're really laid back. They tell you how it is. But when you see a guy half naked running through the damn stadium doing laps and he's like 65 years old, screaming with a flag 10 times bigger than he is, it kind of sets the stage for sure. This is true. Yeah. It's true. What else did we do? Uh, uh, we did cheese. We, we bought a lot of cheese, we bought a lot of whiskey. So I think that kind of covers the general travel, which is going to lead into. I'm not talking about that yet. We'll go to that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We'll save that for the end. If I don't say it out loud, and technically I said it out loud, but you couldn't hear me mm-hmm. yesterday, then it's not real. I don't have to deal with it. So let's talk about what's going on with this show. Maybe a couple pros, a couple cons, but we'll talk first about 32. Big 32. Oh, I have 32. You have 32 what? today because, I mean, we had to switch garments to let you know that it's a different video. We're not streaming the same video, and you should be able to hear us today. So the 32, <laughs> last year around this time, I decided to come up with these journal slash notebooks and not just one of them. I wanted to do 32 to make sure that, you know, the color matches whoever's brand is buying it or, you know, whatever colors you like. So we came up with 32 variables journals, which is behind her head right now. And then I didn't stop there. Kind of like a growth strategist. It's like, well, why would you stop at notebooks? I mean, notebooks are great, but what about garments? What about sneakers? What about book bags? So we kind of like went from 32 to, I don't know, like a couple hundred different variables of products. I think my favorite pound for pound would be the sneakers. I like, I like the kicks, like the fact that we have Boston K sneakers and we had the canvas ones, the canvas ones behind you, but now we actually have like the purples, the blacks, the blues. So pretty much everything that, that we would wear, we would have matching shoes. I don't know if that's too matchy matchy, but in in, in an ideal world, that's marketing one-on-one. Everything I'm going to wear is going to be Boston cage a hundred percent. This is true. So Boston cage technically has been all over the world at this point because he only wears one clo- piece of clothing. 100%, as you can see right now in this video. <laughs> like, literally, it's getting, I mean, like I said this before, but I, I need to sit down one day and I need to make my underwear because they have underwear now as well. I need to make socks. You make seven since you know seven. He needs no. an outfit too. Yeah. Okay. See how, see how she, she derailed the conversation and went to, to this, this mutt, the dog that, if you've seen the picture with the dog's head laying on my head, it was so abusive. I felt so like I was in jail and I was his bottom B. Uh, it wasn't right. It wasn't right. He's watched way too much Tubi, which we'll get to in a second. Yes. So other things you've been working on this year are... Last year. Last, last year. year. Oh, my God. I forgot. I got to get used to that. So, are pod notes. So what are pod notes? So pod notes is this book, right? So obviously... It, being an author, and I think this was my eighth or ninth book. I don't remember anymore, to be honest with you. And it was kind of like, okay, we have the notebooks, but let's specialize the content more so on podcasting, make it a small little tidbit, 50 pages or less, just a quick topic on podcasting with little details, a lot of actions, and get the job done. 
that's this book, which kind of leads us to this little title right here, WizPub, because last time we talked about our application, our software, and then kind of leads into the cons a little bit. But we can continue with the pros and talk about the cons here shortly. Yeah, we'll just skip the cons. We'll come back to WizPub. Remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, you got pod notes coming out. And, you know, pod notes is like the cliff notes or the spark notes of, of podcasting. It should be a quick read and for someone like me, it's perfect because maybe it's a topic that I'm not 100% interested in, but I know I need to read it for some, it's, it's just quick points. It's like everything that I need to know without all the fluff around it. So it's yeah. been great. So what she just said is that she's a squirrel with her attention span and yes. I have to deliver to her a bunch of acorns covered in sugar yep. and, and ready for her to go. I know I'm a squirrel, so it's cool. I'm yep. fine. I'm yep. happy as a squirrel. So, <laughs> so then this year, something you've been talking about, at least since we met, is doing a children's book. I know Koi had done a children's book like when he was a kid at some point. I think you still have it, if I'm not mistaken. But you actually got an opportunity last year to get your children's book done. Who is Timmy? Well, I mean, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy Turner. That's where the name came from. Yes. Timmy Turner, yeah. designer's song, if you want yes. to look it up. So you get a chance, you want to go to YouTube, type in designer, type in Timmy, Timmy Turner, and then you can kind of see what really goes on in my head behind the scenes. I'm not saying it's a dark place, but it's an interesting place. <laughs> so Timmy Turner is, is essentially a representation of Koi the boy, which most of you that have been in my life long enough for the past 18 years have been following this dude grow up from a little damn knucklehead running around crazy to a full bearded grown man wrestler. <laughs> Random. <laughs> so Timmy, Timmy Turner, it was kind of dedicated to Koi. It has his his. <laughs> his personality and the grandfather is kind of like the legacy of grandfathers and more so a dedication to his grandfather that passed away from cancer within the last couple of years. So it's kind of like a bridging of that gap and using them as the vehicles to then deliver podcast information. Cause again, everything we're going to be talking about essentially is podcast and business. If it's not podcast, if it's not business, then I, I slacked off as the engaged boss. 100%. I mean, what is it about? Like talk about the concept. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the first, the first book, right? So the concept of the book was kind of leveraging AI. That's the first pr primary, primary thing about it is like we created an entire book series and all the images are hundred percent done with AI. Cause yeah. again, I, I love technology. Technology is my friend and it's going to help me get to the cloud. So with that, we then kind of said, okay, well, let's write this concept. And I gave the parameters of saying, okay, it's Koi, it's Timmy, it's his grandfather. Let's talk about podcasting. And the first book is more so about, okay, these are cassette tapes. What the hell are these? And it kind of leads into where cassette tapes are today, which is essentially digital media. And then I was like, okay, let's expand on that because I'm not going to write one book, right? Of course not. Because I'm going after Magic Treehouse. Just to let you know, Ma Magic Treehouse, I'm coming. <laughs> well, so I I'm feel... Coming. Like my childhood was slick because I don't know what Magic Treehouse is. Man, I have to Google it later. They have such a large collection. So I was okay, I need to outweigh that collection, at least write that many concepts and have. So what I did was I wrote 150 books through leveraging AI. And I told the AIs, look, I want every book to be about Timmy and his granddad. I want you to take all the variables from every book like preceding the book that you're writing right now to make sure that it's a reference point, but never to rewrite the same exact story twice. And I also want you to interject everything from history with technology. So there's, there's like topics talking about like the Romans and how does that relate to podcasting? There's talking about time travel, space, all this different education, science, business strategies, a hundred percent in the podcasting realm driven by Timmy and his grant. Sounds really cool. Yeah. It's out there in the universe. You want to talk about your woes with <laughs> KDP? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to talk Amazon bad because you know. Yes, we they, love Amazon. Yeah, they, they send us like you know the mail the mail checks. So 
thank you, Amazon, for your mail checks. I appreciate you. But the the the, the, the technology behind Amazon uh, AI automation is a little bit wonky because first I created the book. And then the book was delivered to us because I said, hey, I need five samples to yeah. give out to my advanced readers to kind of I want them to kind of review it and, and give me some feedback. The book printed out fine, got it in like five days. And then I took that book to, to release it. And then KDP is like, oh, you got you got issues with the book. What the? You already printed the book. <laughs> I have the physical book. What do you mean I got print issues? So I put that on the back burner. No, I gave them all away. Ooh, well, that's I, right. I okay. gave them all away. So, I mean, I, I, I'll order some more just 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 because. But long story short was. Finally, after 30 days of me just ignoring it, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like nothing wrong with the book, nothing at all. So I just went in there and literally updated the margins. And then five minutes later, the book was live and the margins was like this much. It was like, it was <laughs> off by like, I think I had like, to be frank, a pica. If you know what a pica is, you know how tiny. All the pica community. I don't know what a pica well, is. Yeah, it's all for all the, all the print production people out there, graphic designers, right? The pica, it was smaller than a damn pica. That, that was off on the margins on one side where I had the QR code on the right. So yeah, that, that, long story short, the book is live. Go out there and check it out. And it's called Timmy, Timmy. T- I mean, <laughs> is it called Timmy? It's not called Timmy. <laughs> nah, you can literally, the easiest way to find any of our books is not necessarily to look for the title of the book. Mm-hmm. It's just go into Amazon and type in Boston Cage. And that was the, like, the whole plethora. Yeah, it was all part of the strategy. It was like I, all these books needs to be lined up with that brand because like if you type that brand in any platform, whether it's Google, whether it's Amazon, anything else, something should come up. At the end of the day, type in Boston Cage inside of Amazon and you'll get Timmy and his granddad and all our other stuff as well. So you touched on how this book was created. Your favorite new word of 2023 is AI or two letters, but regardless, so AI, AI. So if anybody knows him, he has his ultimate goal of being uploaded to the cloud. Like when he dies, like he's, he's live forever component of it. So AI avatar should uh, essays are out there and AI voice essays are out there. So <laughs> I do. <laughs> so AI essay is all over the internet right now. Some of the posts that you may have seen online may not really have been him. It may have been his AI version. So what have you been creating in the AI world? Well, I mean, I've been talking about it for like a few months. And once AI got to the space to where it is as of last year, AI avatars are like these beautiful things that you may have seen. They, they, they kind of have a little robotic feel because, again, the video that you have to create to create these AI avatars, you pretty much have to be kind of stagnant. But if you look at mine, like I made as much facial expressions as I possibly can to make it look like me, like I'm hearing voices a little bit. But the process of it, thanks to Paul McPherson, was we had to create these high definition videos. And it's more like I think it was like 6K or something, 60 frames or no, 120 frames per second. Like each file was like 10 gigs for like five minute videos we had to create multiple different videos and then they scan these videos in and then what they end up doing is creating this ai bot avatar of you that looks exactly like you but then you kind of put any content any copy and it would then work and move like you're talking through your ai avatar without you having to be there sure. and then you add the voice so then we actually i think recently we also got the the cloning capabilities to add on to that so literally there isn't maybe two out of three of them right now are S.A. Grant, AI avatars that sound like me, that look like me, and even has my special expressions as well, which is <laughs> creepy as shit. It's creepy. But it's closer to the cloud. One step closer to the cloud. Yes. <laughs> and once he leaves the earth, cloud is bound, and he never he hasn't gone anywhere for the most part. <laughs> nope. Even a couple of things that you've been working on as far as with your AI world, you're able to have multiple languages. 
Yes, yes. So the first test I did with that kind of leads us into AppSumo. Yes, <laughs> it, it kind of gave me an opportunity to take a video with me and Lenny the boss, and we were talking back and forth. And we've not only transcribed it in multiple languages, we not only put the captions in multiple languages, but then we also changed the actual vocals into multiple languages as well. So I want you to think about that from a global standpoint, kind of going back to growth strategy. Like we've been limiting ourselves to a certain extent. There's only 300 and change million people in the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. And globally, maybe 20% of the the entire global population speaks English. So what about the other 80%? Yeah. What about all these other languages? What are all these other continents, all these other countries? And we've been to some of them. So like we understand like their their information that they need. And again, they can use that information, but they may not be able to harness it in our native language, but it'll probably be better for them in their native tongue. Yeah. So think about all the content that we have. Like we have like 700, I don't know, 800 videos on YouTube, you know, all the backlog of information that we have, because we have a backlog well into October 27th of 2025. of 2025, as far as podcasts go. And that's just one, like we have multiple different podcasts, which yeah. we'll talk about here shortly. What does all that content look like if we then transform it into other languages? Dude, is it like that times however many languages in the world? Well, how many languages are available on the software? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like our team's probably going to have to grow because I mean I think right now our team they're they're pretty swamped, so we probably need to have just like international team just to deal with international transcriptions and Good. converting all the content and copy. So yeah. Good point. So last episode that I was actually on because I'm take a step back. As you know, it takes me a while, a while, a while to get here. We were supposed to record this on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, the day after New Year's Day, and all of the but. And yesterday, I was ready. I had got all those stars aligned and recorded, and then voila, I just see no sound. So you can go back and watch the episode from yesterday, but you won't hear anything. So yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll look something like this. <laughs> And you didn't hear a damn thing. And it's, it's, it's sad because, you know, I was tr- testing out a new system and the system has a lot of marketing. We were able to create QR codes, which you can see on that video. All of that's great. But for some reason, the, the, it didn't record audio. Like, what's video without audio? I mean, you can audio without like video. <laughs> like, not even, a, like, I mean, if you could read lips, maybe. It's maybe. not even worth it. But yeah. when I was on here last time, six months ago, we were kind of tickling with the idea of AppSumo ambassadorship coming up. So this year, I guess you'd say the second half of the year, you actually got an opportunity to serve as an AppSumo ambassador. So talk a little bit about that. How did it go? Pros, cons? I don't think it's been any cons. It's been a great partnership. So I love AppSumo. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, if, if I wasn't like building Boston Cage right now, and if Tubi was in existence, the, the third company I would probably go after as far as purchasing and and, and Stealing that asset would be AppSumo because it's such a great platform. But yeah, long story short, if you have realized in the past six seasons, we really didn't do any ads. We've had ad opportunities. We've had offers. But I really wanted to kind of have our first ad spot be not only a single ad, but a continuing ad situation to where we're using their products. They're getting our assets as far as our listeners. And at the same time, you know, we we use their product on yeah. a regular basis. It's All not a yeah. It's not a product that we heard of, and and maybe we you've seen a demo. We actually use multiple. Like I mean. What we're streaming on right now is one of their products. Like, yeah. Literally, like so. All of these things kind of came into to fruition to where now, like we're ambassadors. We have our ads. Mm-hmm. We're running different promotions, and again, we're, we just I did like saying AppSumo. 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 
Absumo. <laughs> I promise he doesn't get a check every time he says Absumo. <laughs> but hey, Absumo, yeah. if you want to do that, we'll say it a whole episode. Absumo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the next the next company we probably get access to, we'll probably like, you know, charge person upon saying it, like saying the name. Absumo. Every time I say your name in an episode, Absumo. you have to pay me a dollar. But you have been working with a lot of companies this year. Um, another one, Book Blaster. So Absumo. how did Book Blaster come about and, and what is it? So Book Blaster, the best way to look at it is it's an AI driven platform to create content for your book distributions, right? So being that we've authored 10 books under Boston Cage, what does that marketing plan look like? And like a lot of times people, they may not know how to write copy. They may not know how to create an ad. They may not know how to create the visuals. They may not know how to create the promotions. This one platform does all those things in one system based upon AI. So the way we got into that, it was kind of like, you know, you do these interviews, you do these podcasts. I think the next step of doing virtual is to meet people in person. So my man, Cam, he came to Atlanta for a actual, I think it was a convention or something along those lines. And he was like, he's flying in at this time. I was like, dude, let me know when you get to the airport. I'm there. He picked him up okay? from the airport. And you know, it's love when you pick somebody up from love. the airport. <laughs> like, I love his brand. I love what he's doing. I love, I love everything about Book Blaster. So then we actually had a day with just him and I. We was running around the city, catching up. And then before he even got off the plane, when he got back in, in DC, he was just like, dude, like, I got to have you on a team. And I want you to kind of lead more so in the podcasting realm and, and understanding the connection between podcasting and books. Yeah. And so essentially the rest was history. And like, you know, Becoming actual a board member of that particular brand only makes sense. Again, going back to AppSumo, Book Blaster, we're selecting like things that we can partner with and help us grow and help them grow at the same time. I'm not just going to put something random on Boston Cage because, again, it's more so a legacy. Right. But I also have to represent the people that I'm interviewing as well. Yeah, you know, I, I trust me. I understand the industry. There are shows out there that it's ad revenue there. Hey, you got a great product and you haven't pissed anybody off and needless to say we're going to put you on our show but we've been very selective and very specific about who we do ads with because i don't want to do an ad with somebody we've never even used the product before like never so absolutely was perfect because it literally like stays on his screens if anybody's seen the studio <laughs> stays on his screens all the time facts so it just facts. worked out for the most part facts i mean I, I i'm almost to the point where i would not get their tattoo i'll get a boss case tattoo but yeah, absolutely. You design an Absumo yeah. Boss on Cage tattoo. You hear that, Absumo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He think, may be your first tattoo. I don't know. I don't know. That's just that's that's a little bit on the sadistic side. It's kind of like a Tubi original. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm mentioning Tubi, which I don't. I said <laughs> in yesterday's show, I said we'll check the legalities before we talk about Tubi, but we'll get there in a second. So also when when I was on here six months ago, we we talked about oh no no this may have been a while ago we kind of talked about how we wanted to grow Boston Cage into more of a media company so we have multiple podcasts on it there and it's a show that comes on every Wednesday night at 7 p.m eastern standard time uncaged foodies now this is becoming or has become one of my favorite shows to watch on or listen to on Wednesday night it's on Facebook so it goes live so I always say watch but these four guys including this guy right here I don't I'll let you kind of go into how the relationship developed but the comedy <laughs> around the conversation sometime yeah. are mind blowing. I mean, highly educational. We'll talk about the food safety thing, but like just generally funny. And then the guests that they have on there have been just phenomenal. So talk about uncaged foodies. Yeah. I mean, I think anyone that I'm not going to say that they think inside the box, but they'll look at, at Boston Cage and be like, why does Boston Cage have a food podcast? It, it doesn't necessarily stem from business. In the, in the realm of making a media corporation, mm -hmm. 
like obviously business is our root. And then obviously we have education, we have, you know, other things, but what I've learned about general business on that scale, it comes down to, you have to have an uh, element of entertainment. Right. Right. So, (laughs) so, and again, it needs to be universal entertainment. So if if it's not funny, at least you love the food. Right. So that's why Boston cage or uncaged foodies kind of steps into that space. And then also to, I had to kind of release some ownership as well to, to that, that sub brand. So I had four, four of us completely together. So Mike, Ike, Zach, and, and myself. But again, it's such a, a great diversity because Mike is international. We call him the the uncaged continental, even though he's relinquished that title and now he's uncaged baker. He's uncaged. Okay, I'll be yeah, back to yeah. that. But they, they keep saying that I'm more of the uncaged continental than Mike. But I mean, Mike grew up in in, in the old country, aka known as you know, I yeah. guess Ukraine, Russia, somewhere in between yeah. the lines. But he is so intellectual that he breaks down things so scientifically. He talks about historical facts. And so he's pretty much the the main host of the Uncaged Foodies. And so I think great. collectively, all of us is kind of just, dude, that's that's your spot. You lead us in, you take yeah. us out and you you got us in the right direction. I'm more of the EP. I kind of sit back when things kind of get a little stagnant. I'll say something random to get the heart rate up. And then you have Ike and Zach, who are mm-hmm. essentially both grillers and smokers and we wouldn't all be here if it wasn't for Ike yeah. kind of going back to when I met Ike, when Koi was like a little baby and we had a pet snake and we used to go get rats from like the pet store <laughs> and Ike was the one selling it to us. Yeah. So that's how the connection came. And then Zach, that dude is a genius in his own right. Like, like I was like, we're like the Wu-Tang, right? And, and coming to find out like Mike is the, the, the Jizza, the genius, right? I'm, I'm Rizza and Raekwon, the chef <laughs> happens to be Zach. Anybody ODB? I mean, Not I think yet. all of us take ODB's title a little bit. Every <laughs> once in a while, you because again, I would say that 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 podcast is a little bit more mature. <laughs> the, the comedy is a little bit more yes. raunchy. It is not kid friendly. That's why it's in the evenings after Correct. hopefully the kids are starting to go to bed a little bit because it's not one you want to listen to with the kids in the car. <laughs> no, it has a big explicit. Yeah. But but in today's world, <laughs> I know these kids are no comment. Okay, I would say maybe age six or above. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But yes, Uncaged Foodies is currently you all film every Wednesday, like I said, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But you guys are like backlog almost two seasons. You're on season two right now. Yeah, we're closing. We're getting ready to close out season two. And the reason for that is like obviously systems that we have in place, I could have already launched the Uncaged Foodies in a syndication RSS feed to the world. But I wanted to make sure that the other three guys that are in this situation kind of understand the steps and procedures going into it. So little by little, I keep teaching them and and guiding them in the right direction. So worst case scenario, the Uncaged Foodie Mm -hmm. brand could essentially live through them. Worst case scenario, if I decide to step out or if I move on to another venture, at least they understand the procedures and steps for it. So kind of building up like Boston Cage, we'll have two backlogs when we go live. Yeah. So that kind of gives them a runway to kind of make sure things are ironed out. And I think once it hits the world, as far as the entertainment side and food, it, much like Boston Cage, I think it should have a pretty solid hold, considering that we have a, a large target audience that is listening right now. What is that going to look like on a global footprint? Exactly. And you have Uncaged Foodies Facebook group, and then you have the Uncaged Foodies field trips. I mean, you can take the field trips international if you want to. So for anyone who considers themselves a foodie, to be foodie, foodie in progress, this is something you want to listen to just even from comedy, from an educational perspective, it's not just food, it's alcohol. It's how do you pair the science part between yeah. food safety? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's 
custom kitchens. I mean, every aspect of food. And I, I want you to really understand, like, food is not just what you put in your mouth. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's so many other different variables. It, it, it's custom goods. It's technology. Like we touched on a little bit of everything. We're even down to the where we're challenging each other to create our own sauces. Yes. So, you know, from a marketing standpoint, what's going to happen with those sauces once they are created? Right? Uncaged sauce. <laughs> so just to understand, like the process is going into that. And again, all four of us have different flavors, different like palettes. Mm -hmm. So our sauces are going to be completely different. But the goal would be what do all four? Four sauces taste like together on one plate. This Do feels like a together? tasting. Like you all make you all sauces, and everybody comes in and tastes and votes. I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Like yeah. This is could be the next uncaged foodie event. So yeah, I mean, but then it goes all into like we said, uncaged media. Like now we have the foodie podcast. You're working another podcast with another friend of yours. I'm trying to get uncaged creative. You know, yeah, and yeah. maybe potentially a podcast. So. Keep, stay tuned for that. Like in this upcoming season, season seven, which technically started at the first of the year, you know, you may see these new shows start to come out. Hey, they even get me on one of them. Ha -ha. <laughs> there have to be a lot of coffee involved until we get like, I'm, I'm letting that right now. Page dogs. No. So Ron, if you're listening, you know, so we had Naomi, his wife on the show mm. a couple seasons ago. So Ron is an executive producer for Tubi. So this crackhead over here was like, if you get Ron on the show, I'll definitely be on that show. I want to ask him so many questions about Tubi. And I was just like, out of all the guests we've had, we had millionaires and billionaires, and you, you, you're dying to be on the show to talk about Tubi's original executive producers. Content is a mind-blowing business concept to me. And to touch on it slightly, if you know, if you know, you know Tubi. Mm. I'll just say that. So I don't have to really explain. Mm. And if you don't know, watch Tubi. It's free. But Tubi is owned by by someone. Well, let me put it specifically. There are several layers mm -hmm. in between Tubi's owner <laughs> at the mm -hmm. top, mm -hmm. who is not. It's a, it's a kid friendly owner for the most part, who's, <laughs> whose copyright just recently ran out at the ninety five year this year. So, imagine this very family oriented company, couple of layers of organizations down, owning Tubi. Think Correct. about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to think about it. It's like having an LLC, a C Corp, an S Corp, a personal trust and a business trust. And that way, if anything gets sued, <laughs> Disney, <laughs> Disney would not get sued if Tubi does something too crazy. Believe it or not, Disney, through multiple different streams, yeah. owns Tubi. It's true. This is a fun is, fact. If you just know, ask, you know, I'm say Alexa, but she'll start talking. All right. So we talked about a lot of pros. Because it's been an awesome 2023. Mm. I know you hate to admit defeat, but we had some cons this year. We'll talk about the one you started with, WizPub. So it uh, may have been in the last show that we had. We went through or we announced that we were working on an app. That, that was the plan. We were working on an app, product world. So we had all of our kind of board with the sticky notes on it. We were ready to go. And then Cast Magic, which is a product that you actually use. Did it come from AppSumo? Yes. It did. AppSumo, Cast Magic. Yeah. I'm not saying that they necessarily came out before us, but it basically checked every box that we were trying to accomplish with WizPub. So we're tabling the idea of an app right now, right now, you know, just so we can focus on the parts of it that we love, podcasting and books. So it's not one, it's not 100% defeat. <laughs> so I had to suck up those tears. So long story short, from, from a strategy standpoint, looking at 
when Cast Magic first came out, like I loved their platform, and I was like, "This is this is great." And at the same time, we were working on our platform, so we had all these meetings and all these back and forth conversations about the benefits and the features, getting a viable product to market. And I was like, "Okay, how long is it going to take to get this viable product to the market?" And you know, generally they were saying nine months. At the time, Cast Magic had just hit the market, yep. and they had some of the features that that we were putting in, but didn't have all the features that we was going to drop in our first release. Yep. And then, damn near thirty days into it, they dropped two of the features that we were supposed to be coming out with. And I was like, dude, like I have to be honest with myself. Like, do I want to chase after them, mm-hmm. or do I want to kind of go back to the drawing board and come up with something that has more longevity? Because once you get into software development, yeah, that shit is never ending. <laughs> and and if, you're, if you're chasing, then you can be chasing for a long period of time. And you can keep throwing money at it, but you're never necessarily going to catch up per se. You can think about it like Lyft and Uber. Like, yeah, yeah you can come up with a new version today, but you're going to have a long journey to catch up to Lyft and Uber. I'm not saying not to do it, but you have to be cautious about spending the capital and emptying bank accounts and right. pretty much them going bankrupt because you want to build a platform. So I had to have a come to Jesus moment. And, you know, living with a treasurer and slash accountant that just kind of, we just like, damn. So what we decided to do was, okay, look, we have 10 books, right? We have an academy. We have all those different things that talks about education, hence the the kids book. We need to kind of figure out a platform that's education that's not going to rival, let's say, lynda.com or Udemy. It falls into that space to maybe Udemy or Linda may want to pick up this platform once it's built and developed. So we started to say, okay, what resources do we have? Mm-hmm. Kind of going back to the podcast, going back to our videos. And collectively, I was like, okay, we have hundreds of thousands of bits and pieces of content. Let's systemize that content and let's come out with this brand new book club that has summaries, that actually has audio books. Go ahead and using the AI voice tools that we have. And also has courses, everything on one platform universally, and then creating apps to harness all that. And right. that's going to be the new version of the app. Maybe Wispub, probably not that name, some other brand, but collectively moving forward in that direction. So that's where we are. Just repurpose a little bit. But the bigger thing mm. that you've been working on for the last six months is rebuilding the Boston Cage website. So a little bit of a backstory. So <laughs> if you were to go to bossoncage.com, in the URL, you will see a redirect. And it was the original brand, My Success, My Success Sex. Should I get a condom? <laughs> I don't know if you have any more. The <laughs> word S-E-X is not very Google friendly. That, that, that's, this is my first book. Yes. So in an effort to get Boss on Cage and all of his collateral up quickly, you know, my web guy here mm. stood up the page, but attached it to this other site that is struggling a little bit in the Google world just because of that three-letter word for the most part. So had to bite the bullet and get ready to design bossoncage.com as it really is. Like we have all of these tentacles, anything you say related to Boss on Cage, like the foodies and the books and all of them have these separate kind of domains at this point. How do we get that all in one place? So talk about all this fun work you've been doing. (laughs) It's not a con per se, but it's a really big project. Yeah, again, I don't think small. And, and, and I think that that's quite a gift and a curse, right? So I was like, okay, look, this is the first time ever that I have a, a sustainable team that understands our vision and can work at the speed that my mind kind of works. So I was like, okay, let's pull together all of our assets. And that means like the online directories, the book clubs, the podcast, everything, all of our services into one general platform and rebrand and again, redirect everything through bossandcage.com. Right now, we have about 150 subdomains. 
So when we actually went into the actual spreadsheet and started listing things out based upon all the blog posts, all the podcast posts and all the pages, we're up to like six to 700 pages right now in this document, which is, it sounds astronomical. By the time we're done, we'll probably be a thousand pages deep, which would be great for SEO. Right. But I want you to think about that in comparison to like Amazon or IBM or Walmart. They have millions, probably billions of pages versus our measly 1000 page. So just put that in the scope of, of the vision. So for non technical people, think about pages as you go to amazon.com. That's a page. You search for a product. That's a page. You find the product. You click on it. That's a page. You click mm-hmm. on reviews, scroll down. That's a page. So imagine that for every single product that happens on Amazon, that is mm-hmm. millions of pages. You right now, y'all are working probably close to a thousand pages. And yeah. you have about 500 done so far. I mean, they, they, they have about maybe 400 done. Well, including the actual podcast, because we had to transfer over the podcast pages, rebrand them from the original website. Yeah. So again, essentially it's two folds, right? So we have the body of the website, the Amazon, mm-hmm. and then we have like the blog, which is essentially like the podcast. And then we also have all these different subdomains. So we have to bring them all together and harness them into one and then maximize and optimize. And, you know, being in, in Damon Burton's in a circle, like understanding SEO. SEO Beastmaster. Facts. Way more than I did originally and understanding what he's been doing and how he's been systematizing. I was like, okay, well, like, it only makes sense. And it, we'll probably go from wherever we are on the internet right now, which if you look us, look for us, we'll find us. But now it'll probably find you once this new website is up yeah. and running at, at scale. So. so we'll do a special episode once bossoncage.com is finalized and finished. I even may get back on there. So I thought yeah. I'm going to yeah. commit. I said it out loud. I'll get back on the bossoncage.com release episode when that happens. So. So if we put a date to that, it's probably going to be three weeks after that date because she's going to have to go through all this emotional <laughs> roller coasters and sit down and I need a drink and I don't know. And it's dry January, so I can't drink. So I'm just having to do this cold turkey. It's crazy. Well, I, I drink whiskey, so whiskey keeps you warm. But yeah, so yes, look for bossoncake.com, hopefully coming within the next couple months. Yeah, so kind of starting to close us out a little bit. One of the things that we didn't do with this that we've done in all the other ones is talk about what we liked from last season, what we have coming up for season seven. And and I purposefully did not do that this time because I feel like with every one of these that we do, I'm picking like my favorite kid from the past season and then my potential favorite kid for the the preceding, I guess, season. So therefore, I don't want to do that anymore. Like every episode that we had last season was great. Just it is what it is. And then what we have coming up for season seven is even more great. But I do want to talk about one because it was your first international podcast, meaning like it was recorded overseas with my boy Lance. So talk about Lance. Talk about this episode because this will be coming out next. Yeah. yeah. So Lance, this dude is like a a living, breathing legend. I mean, if you ever seen the pictures or me sharing the content when he interviewed me on his show, Mm -hmm. The dude looks like he's 30, maybe 40 years old. In reality, he's 70, 70 plus. Yes. So the, the Japanese lifestyle has been very well to this man. And he's been there for like 40 years, originally from California. So just having that a broad sense of communication. Yeah. And I think kind of like looking retrospectively, I wish we had did that with all the other countries we went to. Because, again, it was a last minute thing. I was like, dude, we should connect with someone from yeah. podcast world in, in Japan. Japan, yeah. 24 hours before our flight, I, I did some research, found him, sent him a message. By the time we got off the plane, he had responded. We made a connection. Two days later, we were in the same place at the same time. And it was like, 
it was like being with a long lost uncle like literally <laughs> like our vibes just it's it just made very good campus yeah, thank you yeah, lance <laughs> yeah, yeah it just it just made sense i was like dude but we got a time travel back and go to all these other countries and find more lances around the world it's true so yes his episode will be the first one of the season coming out this week so yeah. keep your eye out for it it's a really great episode it was recorded in a very different environment you know like in studio we haven't done an in-studio technical podcast in three years or i know it's four years i guess with yeah. covid so yeah, yeah. it's gonna be fun yeah yeah i think i, got, I kind of like the, the the remote it's a gift and a curse right i mean there's a big difference between remote and studio i think studio gives you a little bit more not credibility but you can kind of fluff and have way more quality because you have two people like like we're doing right now but remote allows you to do international true it does but i'm glad you segued into that so our high level i guess kind of announcement for the most part is with all of this travel with some opportunities to apply to roles in other countries um we're looking at relocating to amsterdam sometime in 2024 mm -hmm. i'm saying by the summertime opportunity came up we evaluated there or stockholm sweden or london mm -hmm. and you know, we're geeks. We research. We don't just make rash decisions on a lot of things. So, you know, we evaluated London. London's a beautiful city, highly expensive, but very beautiful city. Stockholm, a little cold, very dark. But Amsterdam not only, you know, fit our personality, it just, it just, it, it did. It just fit our personality. Plus, if you know, you know, I've always wanted to live in New York. That has been my kids graduate goal. Like as soon as they graduate, we're moving to New York. And if you know the history of New York, Dutch, the Dutch colonies were one of the original founders of New York before the English came and took over. But being in Amsterdam is very, 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 very similar to living in New York. So it's kind of the the middle ground. I mean, not only that, I mean, the names like Brooklyn came from Brooklyn, Netherlands, Brooklyn. right? Mm -hmm. And then the place that we're looking at, like I said, we're not really moving from I grew up in New York. Moved to Atlanta. Technically speaking, I think we're moving back to New York. We're just going to move to Harlem, right? So the original Harlem is is in Netherlands, but I'm just like it's kind of coming full circle, and it's, it's such a beautiful city. And I want you to look at it from a standpoint: if you're in New York, Times Square is Amsterdam, and Hell's Kitchen, which is right there on the side of Times Square, is Harlem. Is Harlem. So yeah. it's like a win-win. I can kind of oh, I don't want to deal with the noise right now. I'm going to go to Hell's Kitchen and just chill. Yep. So Boston Cage will be going. <laughs> Yeah. officially international probably the second half of 2024 for us stay tuned for that i'm sure knowing him we'll do an episode before we move about how that all works and how the show is going to get transferred and even the legalities of moving a business from the u.s to the netherlands has been a learning experience so we'll yeah. get there yeah i think i think you're so cautious because that's all you can tell us she has an account and she's like well well we're going to be moving there particularly and i'm just like dude like we're going to the fucking netherlands <laughs> I'm always cautiously okay. optimistic. Okay. <laughs> Once we sign a lease on a place, then I will commit. Correct. But we're at the point now to where like been there multiple times. I've I've been on foot looking at different locations. Surprisingly enough, Coy was just like, he had an opportunity. He's going to be 18. He could do whatever he wanted to do. And he was like, well, what do I want to come to the Netherlands do? Yeah. So having him travel with us and, and learn abroad is definitely going to be interesting as well. So. I think, it's going to be a wild 2024, so we will keep you all posted. Maybe I'll get on the show more than twice a year this time. <laughs> Close us out. <laughs> Close us out. Well, I think one thing that we didn't talk about really quick was the the Uncaged Internet Radio Station. Oh, well, we didn't so, I mean, we have the interns that are doing their thing on there, and I want you to think about everything that we're doing 
essentially building it in the model of kind of like what Oprah has done to a certain extent, not to compete or even be in Oprah's space and realm, but following in her footsteps. It's kind of like you have to have a talk show, then you kind of have to have a, a, a network, yeah. right? So the Boston Cajun Network, and then you have to have multiple different disciplines in that comedy, food, so forth and so forth. And then obviously internet radio only makes sense. Yeah. gives us more of a, a wider reach platform that could run 24 seven. So we launched that like maybe four or five months ago, something like that. So that's up and running. We have about 700 tracks. I think like my favorite days are usually Thursday mornings because it gives an opportunity kind of leveraging what you said earlier about Disney yeah. is taking assets that are free in public domain mm -hmm. and repurposing them or reconditioning them. So we have about, I don't know, maybe 300 tracks that are old, original, like 1940, Real. 30 advertisements mm -hmm. from radio. So from a marketing standpoint, if you're listening on those days, it gives you an opportunity to kind of, what did work back then? What, yeah. like, and kind of take that and recondition it and redo it in your own realm. Because again, I think by knowing the past, you can kind of recreate the future. That's true. There's no such thing as original content. <laughs> this is this is a fact. This is a fact. So what what else? Did we miss anything else? No. Covered everything? Didn't. Yeah. We did that pretty quick. And guess what? You actually heard us this time. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. If you didn't, let us know. <laughs> actually, actually heard us this time. So going into closing, I think obviously now that we're in year four, year one was, like I always say, was just kind of trying to figure things out. Year two was systematizing. Year three was kind of like, hey, how do we scale this bad boy up? And now year four is like the real like, I think this is the real year. Yeah. Like, I think all the legwork has been done. All the things that we've thrown out there including the damn app, you know, that's the one thing that, that we lost that we've modified. But ideally, if you're looking at a business and kind of going back into the like Boston cage mindset, like most businesses fail in the first five years. And the reason why they fail in the first five years is they don't do the legwork. They just try to go in and kind of build a business and try to go after the money. But ideally what we've done is like build systems that support systems that are automated systems. So now when we actually go to full scale, yeah, we have a fully structured support system behind us. Hence why we can kind of go international now for real, for real and have everything, you know, work as seamlessly as it can, considering that you can hear us now, considering yesterday was a complete flop. <laughs> it wasn't a flop. It was just to a different audience who have lip readers, but yeah. Yeah. Let's close that. I think that, that that's pretty that much covers it. everything. That covers everything. Oh, wait, 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 we didn't, we didn't cover the Tubi thing. We'll come back to the Tubi thing. I have a job. <laughs> oh, okay. You got to transition. I got to transition. Got to transition. So with that, S.A. Grant and Alex Grant, over and out. Thank you for tuning in to another empowering episode of Boss Uncaged, where we've explored the ins and outs of entrepreneurship, harnessed the power of digital marketing, and embraced the journey of building impactful brands. As we wrap up this episode, I want to express my deepest gratitude to our incredible guests, listeners, and the entire Boss Uncaged community. Your dedication to unlocking your potential and conquering the business realm has made this podcast a dynamic hub of inspiration and knowledge. Throughout the Boss Uncaged journey, we've delved into exclusive interviews, shared strategies, and celebrated success stories from founders, business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives. It's been a roller coaster of insights, lessons, and triumphs, and I hope you found valuable takeaways to apply in your own entrepreneurial endeavors. Whether we've tackled challenges together, explored the vast landscape of diverse media platforms, or uncovered the secrets to dominating in business, your commitment to the Boss Uncaged spirit has been truly inspiring. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, like leave a positive five-star review, and share the Boss Uncaged podcast to continue elevating the business game. 
The Boss Spirit runs free and we're always ready to amplify your entrepreneurial journey with extra resources at bossandcage.com. Before we sign off, remember that Boss Uncage is more than just a podcast. It's the heartbeat of the Boss Uncage educational network and omni-media. It's a vision brought to life by the Uncaged boss in all of us. Thank you for being part of this incredible ride. Stay hungry, stay focused, and keep conquering the business realm. Subscribe, like, and share now to keep the Boss Uncaged spirit alive. Boss.